0: You are locked on Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, obviously, after a Monday night football victory, Cleveland Browns now one and one. Uh, 23 3 win over the New York Jets. Uh, end up with Luke Falk taking most of the snaps for the New York Jets. Um, we'll get into all of this here, but um. Look, the most important thing today, tonight, was to right the ship and get this back towards more of a positive direction. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, along uh, your de- local experts, along for the ride on the biggest stories, Browns wise, with your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. As we go on, head through um, and give you your postgame show of Locked on Browns as we cover the victory over the uh, Monday Night Football victory. Over the New York Jets, uh, I guess Pete. The best way to start here is offensively, and look, I mean, I'm sorry, Let's we'll start defensively. Um, we knew, obviously, with what you know, the Jets were, you know, obviously without Sam Darnold and then without Trevor Simeon, Le'Veon Bell shut him down, which was one of the keys of the game, which they did. Uh, Miles Garrett, uh, Joe Schobert. Uh, look, the defense was light the hell out tonight, which they needed to be. They kind of needed that chippy, that batting practice, so to speak, Pete. But uh, here we are feeling a little better ourselves, uh, a little better about ourselves, you know, after week two, you know, with a, another primetime game to go Sunday night.
1: Yeah, um, look, the Browns' defense is very, very good. Um, the Browns' defensive line is tremendous. Uh, the thing that's becoming very interesting is that the linebacker position is not an issue, but the secondary is an issue, and it's not the people you were expecting it to be. Um, in other words, uh, Denzel Ward is not playing particularly well. Uh, they're getting some contributions out of that group, and obviously they were out to Randall. Eric Murray did in his job, uh, but it's really all about that front six uh, right now. Uh, Miles Garrett is incredible. Olivier Vernon's playing at a really high level. Uh, Joe Schobert is an absolute stud. And, and the big surprise, I, you know, I think there were reason to believe that Chris Kirksey would be better this year, but I don't think anyone sort of accounted for him being quite this much better. And again, some of that is by virtue of the fact that some other areas are not playing as well that he looks even better in terms of like, if you're relating it to where uh, sort of rates among the defensive players, but just in terms of, you know, the, the defense you're sitting there going defensive line looks great. Linebackers are very good. The running uh, the run defense is very, very impressive. Uh, So now it's about really cleaning up the pass, passing game. And, and certainly the pass rush is making a big, big, big difference there in that respect. But uh, it's weird that they haven't caused any turnovers yet. Uh, it's it's a, uh, at least in terms of uh, interceptions, they've, they've got some fumbles. Uh, it's also just strange that we're two games in and we're sitting here going, what's, what's the deal with Denzel Ward? Uh, as we head to week
0: three. Um, Christian Kirksey, and this is one, you know, because guys, uh, you know, look, we don't put a lot on Twitter. Obviously, we'll bust each other's chops back and forth. Um, Christian Kirksey looks lighter. He looks quicker. He looks more aggressive. Um, and look, as, as much as everybody will tell us that Joe Schobert and Christian Kirksey might not be part of this 2020 Browns product, I get it. I do understand it repeat right now. These guys are getting it done and the flow and the yin and the yang between the two of them. It's nice to see. Cause I mean, if it's not Joe there in a hole on a running play, Kirksey, I mean, he was all over the field tonight. Granted the stat sheet is not going to show it. And guys don't always go by the stat sheet for God's sakes. But Christian Kirksey was moving as well as he probably has looked in about three, four years.
1: A hundred percent. But you know, and, and he's done well. He's taking up blocks. Well, he's, he's, he's filling at a high level. He's got more range. And there's no question that some of this comes down to having a better coaching staff uh, there. But the other part of that is Joe Schobert is playing at such a ridiculously high level uh, in terms of just everything. His run-stopping run, run stopping abilities, making tackles in the line scrimmage, as he always has. Uh, but all the people—he well, can't play the run. He looks pretty freaking good. Uh, he's not missing tackles the way people kept uh, criticizing for last year. Uh, and he's—he's he's become, you know, he—he's not only becoming a very sound tackler on some of these things. He's also tackling with power. And like on that fourth and three, he's there to sort of finish it and make sure Le'Veon Bell doesn't get any farther. Uh, he's just flying around. He almost would have had an interception uh, towards the end of the game there, but he had a ton of solo tackles. He had obviously some big in- impact on, on uh, placement in the backfield, and then he forced the fumble, which TJ Carey picked up. Uh, he's playing at a ridiculously high level, and, and and some of this is, you know, being healthy. Some of this is being, again, in a better scheme. Some of this is by virtue of, uh, you know, being in his, his – his, fourth year uh, or 30, whatever his uh, fourth, fourth year uh, really getting comfortable, but he's also got, again, that defensive line in front of him. So it always set up for him to have a career year. And so far he's doing every bit of that. And the, the, just, it just does so much for the rest of that defense in terms of what it allows them to do. Uh, in terms of how much ground the defensive backs have to cover and all that stuff.
0: Um, and, look, and this where we are now with football and now in the 2019 age, so much of it is the underneath stuff. Um, you, you go deep when the numbers show it to you, and, you know, obviously the front shows it to you and you take your shots. Um, you need these guys who can run and chase. And that's where Joe and even Christian Kirksey is showing it. And, uh, look, I mean, Joe was – you could not see a play with that number 53 – Getting it done here tonight. But, Pete, I mean, we cannot – and obviously, you know, uh, you know Booger McFarland and obviously the Monday Night Football crew talked about the fact that Miles Garrett talked about the fact that he wants his name in the defensive player of the year running. And whether it's, you know uh, – obviously, you know, I mean, and Miles is always this – I mean, some of those are so close. You're not really sure if he actually jumped. And Greg Williams may have dug this hole a little bit himself. By the way, he spoke this week where Miles was, you know, maybe, you know, late hits, look, don't do it. They're, they're terrible. You're going to call for it every time. Uh, Greg Williams may have done that. But, I mean, there is no doubt. Miles Garrett, we're not talking about, you know, whether or not he deserves to be mentioned with the top 10 pass rushers in this league. He is one of the top two, three, four, and that's maybe where I'd cut it right now. He is that elite in this league right now.
1: Um, I have a difficult time seeing how he's any lower than two. Um, and that's him and Aaron Donald right now. Uh, he, first and foremost, the, the, the body weight penalty is incredibly difficult because you're asking guys to tackle and then somehow contort themselves to not land on the guy, even though they're making a form tackle. Uh, and that's, what they're calling these guys on, you know, it's – in that scenario, it's potentially more dangerous for the player to try to contort himself, like, and, like, break the fall. And, like, even in the discussion of the game, they were talking about this in terms of Bradley Chubb's hit and then discussing it in terms – the, the the their rules official guy or whatever, talking about how part of the reason it wasn't called was because – The quarterback, in this case, uh, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, part of the reason it wasn't called was because his knees took some of the weight of the ball, which sounds great, except knees only go one way. So it's great if you're hitting from behind, but it doesn't really make sense if you're hitting in the front. So it's just a very – it's just an awkward rule that doesn't make a ton of sense. So – uh, the first penalty, I didn't really have a problem with. I thought it was, you know, whatever. Like, I understand that's that's what's going to happen. The second one, to me, was entirely a results-based injury – or uh, results-based mm-hmm. hit. Uh, the ball is still in his hand as Garrett's about to make contact with him. And then, obviously, his, his his foot gets caught under him as he as he sort of drives through. But there's nothing wrong with what he did there, uh, to me anyway. Uh, it just it just happens to suck that you know his foot's there. It just that's just unfortunate. It's not dirty. It's not wrong. It's not anything else. But the the thing is, you now like and you've seen this happen, not necessarily to Miles Garrett, but other defenders who have pulled off of a quarterback who's you know then goes off and and scrambles around and makes a throw and makes a play, and the quarterback basically pulled off because he didn't want to get a flag. But the quarterback's still playing. And, and obviously Aaron Rodgers is big on this, but Deshaun Watson, Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton, all these guys do that. So there are a lot of people sitting there. Well, you've got to sit this guy down and, and you know, blah, blah, blah. But when the Browns take on the Ravens, like no one's going to sit there. Like they're going to be pissed if, um, Miles Garrett basically pulls off and then Lamar Jackson runs around and makes a throw or something like it it's just such a hard uh, thing to legislate and and rule on that a lot of it just depends on, on weird, you know, weird situations and and, and things that don't always make sense. Like the quarterback falls a certain way. You're going to get more credit than you are. If, if he doesn't, it's just, it's very awkward. Uh, And and offsides, I I don't think they know how to officiate him. I just, they, they just, I, I'm fully prepared to be wrong on this, but it's the same deal as last year where it feels like yep. he's, he's so fast that and in time stuff he snaps so well that they're basically calling him for being offside when he's not actually offside.
0: Um, it, it's almost like a track meet where it's like, you know, he's the first one off the line. And, you, you, know, you know, part of this is the team's being this stupid to go on one where Miles Garrett, I mean, as great as he's an athlete, and as fantastic a football player as he is, he's that intelligent, and he's going to realize this. And if you're only going to go on one, he's going to beat you to it. Uh, the Simeon, uh, uh, the Simeon rep, where it ended, up he getting hurt. Um, he got his foot caught under him. That's what made it look like it was, and it took away from what was a great play by Greedy Williams. Um, he's a force. There's no doubt about it. And um, you know Baker. Again, not his greatest effort, but Miles Garrett may be the best player on this Cleveland Browns roster for now, and that's not a bad thing. And that just goes to show you where, when you're building the roster and you're doing roster structure, you may want to make sure. Um, in the Jets, after all these years, you may want to make sure, make sure you have that elite pass rusher because there is nothing else to beat it. It makes everything else. Easier on the defense, uh, Mac Weldon. Whatever you're wearing right now, it's Mac Weldon's better. For all of your, uh, for, uh, for 20% off your first order, use macweldon.com. Use the promo code LOCKED ON, all caps with a space in between. Look, uh, it's fall. It's wedding season. There's always a wedding season. Whatever the reason, get yourself juiced up. Get yourself dressed up. Use Mac. Weldon, appreciate them for the sponsorship of Locked On Browns. If you found $100 today on the street, how would you use it? Would you spend it frivolously or would you use it to put on football? Look, uh, Pete and I are here to give you some answers. Everybody, you know, with the Locked On Network is here to give some answers. Uh, Find a way, spend it to my bookie. They'll match your $100. I would only recommend somebody that's been with us for a while. MacBook, uh, I'm sorry, my bookie is one of those. Do the smart thing. If you're gonna bet on football, use my bookie. Uh, did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? You can do that with mybookie.com. You can bet on the second half, and uh, you know, bet on results. You can always bet on fantasy players. Um, the most rewarding player perks um, in the business. Uh, you can exactly with the fantasy over under on your favorite players use my bookie um they will match your first deposit up to 100% for the time being use the promo code locked on all caps locked on visit my bookie and you play you win you get paid we appreciate my bookie for all the sponsorship for here at the locked on podcast network Pete, we're now going to flip it over to the offensive side of the ball. Um, Baker wasn't it today. Um, I think maybe part of that was no Rashard Higgins. I think maybe part of that was David Njoku leaving, you know, obviously early. And that was a – for 21, uh, it was a nasty hit. Hairston with a nasty hit on David Njoku. And you got to be careful when you're the size of David Njoku of going – high for balls the way he did. Um, you leave yourself vulnerable for that type of stuff. Um, but what you do see with Baker Mayfield is he's getting a mixed bag. What he sees is the line, and then by the time the ball is snapped, guys are dropping, and this is what you do to good young quarterbacks. You try to do everything you can to mix it up. Um, but we'll go with that, but, I mean, you see what the advantage was of bringing a guy in like 13th.
1: Yeah, um, so, look, Odell Beckham is great. Uh, he's as advertised, and that's what he <clears throat> offers is the ability to sort of immediately uh, produce points. Uh, it, and is still as a one-play drive. 89-yard touchdown, boom. He, he's the guy that can do that. Um, and he's doing a lot of other things well as, as causing issues in terms of how uh, defenses are going to play, the Browns entirely – uh, the Jets basically said, screw it, we're going to try to you know, largely play him single. And he had 160 yards uh, and a touchdown. So he is doing really well. Um, off, Baker Mayfield isn't comfortable. Uh, his mechanics aren't right in terms of some of his throws. He's falling off. Uh, and, and a lot of these throws are sailing high. A lot of the issue is the fact that the play calls are coming in way too late. My, my thinking on that is uh, somehow with the presence of uh, Todd Munkin, there's one extra step being taken in this play, play calling chain, and it's slowing everything down. And part of the problem the Browns are having is when you snap the ball so late in the play clock, for one thing, the defensive line knows when you're going to snap it because you have to so they can get a better jump. But some of the adjustments are late. Some of the motions are late. Uh, you're rushing. You're not, you know, sort of getting a real read of the defense and those type of things. So there's a lot going wrong from that standpoint. Um, some of the play calls seem like they take too long in terms of the routes, which isn't great. And some of that is Baker Mayfield is, is passing up the profit at times. And I thought Booker McFarland did pretty well with this, actually, uh, talking about some of this stuff. Uh, that they, they, they feel like there's some throws that are being forced into Beckham that shouldn't be and should be opting for the for for just going to more open ventures. And I and I and I agree that uh, Richard Hagan's being out is is big. Uh, like I don't think people realize how much he was a security blanket for him and, and Baker Mayfield, uh you know, put David Njoku in a bad spot. That's, that's on him. He's, that can't happen. And, you know, hopefully Njoku can recover quickly because that hurt them. You know, losing Njoku and going to Demetrius Harris and Farrell Brown is painful, especially when you insist on continuing to use them in those two tight end sets so much because Demetrius Harris is not delivering as a blocker. I think the way everybody has envisioned thus far. It's been somewhat sketchy with him. Pharaoh Brown is not good at all. Um, he actually did <laughs> okay blocking stuff, but, uh, it's just not where it needs to be. So losing the joke is bad. There's just, there's just a lot of this that feels there, there's a little element of feeling like there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, and I'm not saying this is like, well, they have to get rid of somebody or anything, but I I do think there's a little bit of adjustment where there's, Instead of like sort of really marrying uh, what Kitchens does and what Munkin does, there seems to be this like mutation of things that you're getting sort of the worst of each. And it's they need to sort of get comfortable on that. But so much of this, I think, stems to the fact they have to get plays in faster and they have to be able to get, get going faster. So Baker Mayfield can get his reads effectively before the snap then after the snap.
0: There's too much confusion for the fact that the amount of the offensive talent they have, and if it's Odell on one play or it's David Njoku or it's a Nick Chubb breaking off an eight-yard run, let's go. What's next? I mean, you know, now we go play action Jarvis or now we go deep to Odell or, you know, now we challenge this scene to David Njoku. It, it seems, and maybe this is where, you know, and obviously it could be a Freddie and Todd issue. I'm not saying it's an issue. It's, like you said, too many cooks in the kitchen where it's, I want to do this. You want to do that. And and the one thing with Baker is the amount of plays he ran per game at Oklahoma is you, you want him to constantly just get it and go, get it and go. That's where he, it's where he's best. And even you know, the offensive line today was better, obviously. And look, you're not gonna say it's good because you know the Jets obviously don't didn't bring must pass rush whatsoever. But if you're in a scenario where Baker's patting the ball, that means Baker's not comfortable or he's not in sync with the play calling that's going on. And, Pete, that's an issue because Baker is just a call it, run it, rip it type of guy. And when they're doing this and, and he's not sure of things, it's doing him a disservice. It's doing the entire offense a disservice.
1: Yeah, uh, 100%. There's, there's just – it's, it's got to be smoother. It's got to be – Uh, there has to be more done to sort of, you you know, deal with the offensive line issues. The tackle play is bad. Uh, You know, at at points it can be okay, but there's just not enough plays to get the ball out of the hands of Baker Mayfield quickly. And especially with the amount of quarterback injury you've seen just the past two days, uh, this, this just adds one more with the injury to, uh, to to Simeon, you've got to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands faster. And that's one of the problems that's, that's really uh, putting the Browns sort of at risk. And, you know, no play sort of illustrates that better than the last play the Browns had on offense where it's third and eight or whatever it was. And the Browns have total control. They drop back to pass, which I don't necessarily have a problem with. I know a lot of people are mad they didn't take a knee or run it. But you have to get the ball out of his hands. He's got to get the ball out of his hands, and and you just got to move on. Like, if it's not there, fine, throw it away. But, you know, that's a situation where you're taking stupid hits for the sake of taking stupid hits.
0: Uh, Look, you know, I mean, that's got to be a unison thing between the offensive line coach, the offense coordinator, running back, everybody there. Like, look, let's just do something simple here. I'm already up 20, for God's sakes. There is no reason to do anything more than that, um, which just makes for a pain in the ass. Um, obviously, guys, you know, uh, Pact Insurance has been part of this, uh, you know, here for the last few weeks. And, uh, you know, Pact Insurance is going to be a part of the 2019 Lockdown Browns, Cleveland Browns season. Um, I, we'll give it out our first award here, our Impact Player of the Week. Uh, Pete, I mean, I, I do think you know Joe Showbert is worthy, but you know three sacks, Miles Garrett. This is a simple one, Bud.
1: Yeah, um, look, I mean, again, people are gonna be mad about you know penalties and that stuff, but Miles Garrett completely dismantled their offense. I mean, and 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 here's the thing: like nobody likes penalties, but you know those hits still count. Um, like. Obviously, tra- tra- Simeon's hit really counts. But, like, that's one of those things where, like, you know, you, you hate – especially when it's on your quarterback, you hate when uh, a-, a quarterback gets takes a hit, like, on a play where he, like there's holding involved and, you- you, like, the play essentially doesn't count. Uh, and the- – but the hit still does. So, as much as this is problematic – and needs to be sort of addressed as much as, as much as it can be like, nobody's going to be sitting there too unhappy about, you know, uh, whether it's uh, a Deshaun Watson, whether it's a Lamar Jackson, whether it's a, you know, Ben Roethlisberger or Mason Rudolph, whoever, if, you know, they're getting up slow after uh, Miles Garrett lays them out, even if it comes at the cost of 15 yards again, you don't want it to happen. You want to sort of, address it so much as you can be, but that, that fear factor and that make the pain stop element absolutely matter. And that's one of those things that's really difficult to, you know, get data on. Like I know PFF and some of these other things don't like pass rushes as much as coverage. And I, and I sort of can understand their, their reasoning, but hits add up and, and quarterbacks ultimately want the pain to go away.
0: Uh, so your packed insurance player of the game. The first one here in the series of lifetime rounds, Miles Garrett. I mean, just no way around. He was just that disruptive today. Pete, my guy, Damian Ratley. Um, and I know a lot of people were, you know, questioning the way the wide receiver position broke out, and and obviously everybody dressed today. Um, as far as on the active roster, no dark willies. But uh, Damian Radley uh, found a way to contribute. Um, obviously, they appreciate him and love him for the special teams, he's, he, his skills he brings.
1: Pete, you know, I'm a rat guy. I like Rad. He's interesting. I mean, it's, it, that, 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 that's the word for what he's doing right now is he had 50 yards. Um, he has a nice size, speed combination. Uh, it was unfortunate that he caught the one ball and immediately had to go to the training tent. Uh, and then he came back all, late and had another catch. Uh, it's you know if it's the Derek Willis type type contribution we saw last year, maybe it becomes a Brashad Perryman type role. You know where he has you know, basically fourteen catches over you know whatever it was uh, a Brishad had last year. Like Ratley, if he can be sort of a guy that you know just gives you like twenty yards. On a, on a play here or there. That's huge. Like, the biggest thing that Ratley did is he converted two first downs. And for, you know, your your fourth, fifth, sixth receiver, however the case may be, that's certainly something you want to have happen. So uh, it's I, I, it's one of those things where everything that happened with Ratley today was everything you've sort of seen from Ratley. You see a nice play. Then he unfortunately has to go get checked out. Uh, and then <laughs> – Yep. that's sort of like the deal right now. And you want to see him get some consistency because uh, like Taiwan Taylor, didn't do anything. Uh, they tried to throw at him a couple of times. And then Kadero Hodge contributed on special teams, but I don't think he ever took a single offensive snap.
0: Uh, if he was out there, I missed it. Uh, obviously Taiwan Taylor made up the fourth wide receiver. Um, and everybody again now here with the, the way the personnel group is working. Guys, understand, um, look, you know, last week, you know, Harris was hurt. Njoku was hurt for a spell. Obviously, David Njoku was hurt today. Um, do, do not – if it's not your best grouping, what's the sense? If it's not your best personnel. That's another we went through here today. Uh, Pete, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, for me, I guess I'll go Miles Garrett in the defense and Joe Schobert. That's the good. The bad, um, the offensive flow. That was weak um we're expecting better and you know in uh bringing Odell into this yeah it's it's week 2 and it's still going to take some time but you, you want to be ha- you have a, a better flow um Nick Chubb I would still like to see some more of Nick Chubb so that gives you the bad um the ugly I, I guess I'll put this most of it on you know and the jets and most of, most of it is their misfortune um, but, again, here we are, week two, and the rookie specialists, Pete, I, I, we really ain't getting on to complain about. You know, Gillian, Seibert, getting it done. So the good, the bad, the ugly.
1: Cyber uh, obviously hit on all of his kicks. Jamie Gillian has been outstanding for a guy that, you know, obviously you came in with reasonable concerns about. And, um, you know, what?
0: I, I, the one thing I noticed is, like, they kind of realize like, just give him the extra five yards because the leg is that booming – Give me a chance to just hang it in the air. Like, they're playing to Gillian, which I do like.
1: Well, that – but, I mean, the the big thing he is – he has done well. Um, Obviously, he's not a guy who's spotting the ball on like a – you know, he's not dropping it on the one and having it bounce and and sort of spin and stop or any of that stuff. But what he does do well – even if the ball ultimately is going to land on, like, the 12-yard line, is he gets a ton of hang time so the coverage unit could get down there and really eliminate any return. In fact, Carroll Hodge made a tackle on, on what may have been the only punt return yep. anyone attempted this year. Uh, so that's a big positive is if you can sort of get him figured out, it's really uh, eliminating punt returning as a, as a real threat in addition to being able to flip the field and all those things.
0: Yeah, exactly. But um you know uh, so obviously that's part of the good. Um to you know, Ernest Johnson, uh you know, somebody's uh job out of the backfield. I never saw Elijah, uh Elijah Maguire out of the backfield, so that worked out. And actually well this brings up another one. Um Pete we talked about this. Um Drew Stanton, he was coach Stanton. Um it was probably only gonna be a matter of time before it trended this way and well, Drew, Stun- Drew Stanton is going to be the highest paid assistant coach. Well, I mean, I going to say the highest paid, but he's going to make a nice chunk of change to essentially be the assistant quarterback coach.
1: Is he going to show up like Paul Walker in varsity blues and like crutches? And- <laughs> I, 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 I don't, you know, I don't know what he did or didn't do to his knee or if there's really nothing wrong with it or whatever. Um, I, I, but I said this. I said, there, "Find some way to jettison
0: him to this because if you actually need a quarterback to take another rep, you wanted it to be Gilbert."
1: Yeah. Um, so you know, I hope uh, Drew Stanton gets well soon. Um, it's it's convenient uh, if nothing else. But uh, yeah, it, it it you know when they had so obviously when they brought up Elijah McGuire, the question was well, how are they going to deal with it? You know, who are they going to drop down? You're thinking, oh, they've got XSDBs or they've got, you know, maybe they dump a receiver for a week and they're just, nope, we're going to go ahead and, and uh, we're going to go ahead and retire your Stanton into a uh, still getting paid uh, to be a quarterback uh, and uh, not actually being able to do any of the quarterback stuff. So I don't know what, what, uh, what was involved in that, but uh, sort of worked out, and and I I don't expect Elijah McGuire to be here very long, so I'll be curious to see what they do with that extra roster spot.
0: Um, And, you know, sorry to Ryan Lindley. This may not be a long-term thing here with the Cleveland Browns, as Drew Stanton may uh, graduate into that position. Pete, I think I saw Chad Thomas, and I think he may have – yeah, there was a penalty early, but I think he may have actually hit somebody and may have actually brought somebody to the ground, Pete,
1: um, yeah, uh, he, <laughs> it was on the Le'Veon Bell thing where Miles Garrett absolutely killed, this time was not called, Luke Falk, and, you know, like... Five I or think six, he just got
0: tired of throwing the flags.
1: Yeah, it was like five or six yards down the field, and, and, and look, I don't know if Le'Veon Bell tripped over him or whatever, but nevertheless, one Chad Thomas had a, a, a tackle on that play, although he wasn't credited with the solo tackle, I don't think. He was credited on for two tackles in the game, at least according to the unofficial box score. Uh, so no solos. So unfortunately not uh, that's uh, uh, assistant tackles are not an official NFL stat. So unfortunately that still leaves him out of the stat sheet. Although he did get on the board by getting a penalty on a punt return, which makes me wonder if that's really the, the lame excuse they're using for uh, keeping him active and Jannard Avery inactive because he's giving you next to nothing on the defensive line. And it's terrifying to think that, uh, you know, if Miles Garrett were to stub his toe or whatever, that the next man up for rushing the passer is either Chad Thomas or Chris Smith. And, and I understand the story with Chris Smith. He barely played, uh, but I, I don't understand how Jannard Avery isn't better than both of them, arguably combined.
0: Oh, there's no doubt about that. And um, look, for Jordan, Jannard Avery, I, like somebody, can we get an answer? Like, did he you know, somehow piss in somebody's Cheerios? Something. Because this is getting really, really weird. Look, we know what Chad Thomas is. Look, if you're going to admit the L on Austin Corbett, you can admit the L on Chad Thomas. The overall product is good enough where that's okay. Um, and for folks... I know a bunch are getting upset with Olivier Vernon. Um, Guys, this was the whole point of Olivier Vernon, was to balance out the defensive line. Yes, there's no stats yet, or a lot of them even, so to speak. But the point was to have a bunch of names with a bunch of reputation, guys who can do what they can do. We don't have to worry about it. I mean, they they just can't focus on any one of these guys. And you saw Sheldon Richardson, obviously with a huge uh, bounce back game. Larry Ogunjobi tossing Le'Veon Bell to the ground. Um, you want to complete um, Olivia Vernon, get his. Don't worry about that, guys. Don't worry about that at all. Uh, Pete, look, it's one and one. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, look, I, if you want to say it look like Ben snapped the UCL, almost like a Tommy John type of thing, that's done. Uh, the Bengals, we never thought of a damn thing about the Bengals anyway. But now you hear one on one. Obviously, you know you got the Rams coming in this week. This is a huge one because you got Baltimore the next week. Baltimore's already up two and zero. Obviously, you know clicking on all cylinders. This is a big week here, and this is going to be. We talked about you know we had gone through this a bunch to this point. Is you know we figured to be two and zero to this point. So now you got to go steal one. Um, hopefully, Aaron Donald. You know the back is just that bad, but. You've got to find a way to start stealing some games here against these better opponents if Baltimore's going to do what they're going to do to
1: this point. Right. Um, so this is a lot of why, you know, you know, you look at this from a coaching perspective, you're happy with the win, but you see a lot of issues that need to be cleaned up, a lot of issues. Um, because the Rams are very good, and they present a very big problem in the form of Aaron Donald and obviously Dante Fowler – Coming off the edge. Uh, and, you know, there, there's only so much you can do with Aaron Donald, but Dante Fowler off the edge is very dangerous. And obviously, the Rams uh, can put up a lot of points and they're in an offense they've been in and they've got their own set of issues. But when you're heading into week three and you're still sitting there going, what, what, why are all these things on offense still so wonky? That's not great. So, obviously you have to hope that in this next you know four days this short week that uh the browns are able to get uh this the the operation cleaned up on that obviously be really helpful if higgins came back uh that uh that would certainly be helpful i think uh baker misses him a great deal um and and obviously that would be a a big boost to get him back since you're probably going to be missing a joker this week. So it's a lot of like, that's the thing, as much as like things are not playing well and you're sitting there going, well, the offensive tackles aren't very good, this, that, and the other. So much of this is you just want to get this, the operation cleaned up from uh, the headsets from the, the coaching staff play call to the line of scrimmage. So that's, that's, that's the concern as you head into. To week three against a obviously a team that was in the NFC Championship last year and obviously would like to go further this year, or the Super Bowl last year, the N- the NFC champions last year.
0: Yes, um, after um, obviously a penalty flag that a bunch of folks in New Orleans wanted to petition the league over. Um, but look, uh, look, you need to ride the ship. Browns are now one and one. Um, you won by twenty, so now a one and one. Uh, point differential, uh, obviously minus 10 to the bad. That's okay. Um, but they need to win the ship. And it almost seems like it's kind of funny where here is the Jets are the thing for the Browns that write the Browns world. But um, that's what you need. You need the confidence going into week three. Now when we'll go to another uh, primetime game against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, see how that works out. But, look, you need to get in the win column. Everybody's feeling a little bit better, a little bit more confidence. You've got Odell established. Uh, Nick, obviously, you know, the rushing numbers weren't there, but for the most part, the total yards, score touchdown, all the stuff is there. Uh, Pete's going to have a ton of stuff for you this uh, week, obviously, as we roll into week three, one-to-one. It's amazing how fast the NFL season goes. At Browns Maven, we'll check it out over at SI.com. Uh, brownsmaven.com on Twitter make sure you're following over there uh, at underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, obviously throw a follow over there. The show itself at locked on Browns uh, follow back account DMs are always open make sure you're following over there me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd follow over there DMs are open. Um, it, it's good like you feel better the product this is you have a little bit more confidence in it now. You saw some things. Obviously, Odell did what Odell does. Uh, When you needed it, you got Jarvis, Um, whether it was this stupid early in the game that led to the first field goal, whether it's an attempted visor or whatever. Just nonsense. Um, Just everybody get on the same page. This product is good. This defensive line is good. The linebackers are good. You know what you have in the quarterback. You know what you have in Nick Chubb. You know what you have in the skill position. Just get everybody on the same page and realize that this could be something special, especially with what's gone on with Pittsburgh, especially the fact that Cincinnati ain't worth a freaking lick. And, uh, you know, when you, you have two games with Baltimore, you know, settle it up there then and see who's mano-a-mano and who's the best of the AFC North. But none of this has changed, even after the week one debacle with the Tennessee Titans. Get this right. Everybody give what they got. You got Rudy Williams showing, uh, you know, growing. Everything here is, it's good. Just find a way to continue the growth here. Continue to keep everybody on the same page and just, you know, fight like hell. That's what you got to do here. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Your post-game show as the Browns take the Monday night game over the Jets. Let's go. Continue. Stack them up now. Stack up Ws. That's it. We'll talk to you all soon. LGB on the LLB. Let's go Browns.